What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast where we treat movies like Highlanders because there can be only one, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Fridays. We're available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Part two. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and based on his avatar thoughts, he must watch some top-notch soap operas. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Woohoo. Oh, Each week, we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guests this week. They're the Martin and Lewis of the Sif Pop world, and I'm not saying who's who. It's Aaron and Robert. <laughs> Hello. Robert, which one are you? <laughs> uh, we are into part two of the sifties um and uh this will cover a lot of the main categories kind of the main three categories we do performances and movies and then we break it up with uh i think possibly my favorite awards category ever which is best movie moments yeah um and we'll talk about that in between the two um so before we get into that, though, uh, I did want to say thank you. We have gotten a lot of feedback about the uh, Critics' Choice Ballot episode, where I just live picked my choices for the Critics' Choice Ballot. Uh, thank you for that feedback. Some of it was very meaningful, um, and uh, I appreciated it very, very much. And I think that is something we'll probably make an annual thing then. Uh, people seem to enjoy it. And uh, like kind of that insight into the balloting process. Um, and one thing, the only reason I hadn't done it before, and I guess I'll, I'll just say this, <clears throat> is because I wasn't sure I was able to do it before the awards happened or if that was, you know, I mean, I don't think I'd, I'd like get in no trouble. No NDA I'm, or yeah, embargo. But I mean, there's just an element of it. It didn't seem quite proper to me to like make that public before the awards happened. 
but to record yeah. it before the awards and then air it directly after the awards kind of makes uh, some sense. And so uh, unless unless I hear otherwise from somebody in the CCA, mm-hmm. I will continue to uh, to do that for you guys because it seemed like you had a good time uh, with that. So thank you for all that amazing feedback. Uh, all right. Let's get into it, guys. Um, it has obviously been a pretty amazing year in movies. I guess that's somewhere we could start with just some uh, general, quick general uh, discussion. Has it been an amazing year in movies? How would you guys rank this year compared to other recent years, other years in history? Um, Andrew, you're shaking your head yes. Uh, give some thoughts. Yeah, I think that 2022 was a remarkable year in film. I don't think we've had a year this good since back in 2007, which I think was just a stacked year. That was the same year we had uh, There Will Be Blood, No Country for Old Men. There was a whole bunch of great movies came out that year. Um, Two movies came out this year that I gave a 10 out of 10 to. And for me to give a 10 out of 10 to a movie is... Very rare out of all the movies I've ever reviewed in my entire life. I think I've only given like 25 or 26 movies a perfect 10 out of 10. And I gave two of them this year to movies. So it's a good year. Very nice. Um, what about you, Robert? What are some of your thoughts on the year in movies? And and also, yeah, I, I guess I should include in this, like, how many movies did you see? Like, you know, oh, that kind of uh, stuff. I saw about, let me take a look here because I actually have it written down. It's somewhere 71-ish. Yeah, 71 movies this year. Which is actually out of date. It's more like 75 or 76 because I just haven't added them to my letterbox yet. So 75, 76. Yeah, I agree a lot with Andrew that this was a great year. Um, I didn't go back and look at what other, what other years you know I might think this is better than. Um, and I know it's not a high bar, but I think it's the best since 2019. Um, which I thought was another great year. It's the best best since the world shut down. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I saw about 130 movies this year. Um, And to bring back over uh, some, some sports talk from the first part of this, um, if this was a basketball team, I would say that 2022 had a deep, deep bench. Yes. Um, Yeah. Because out of my 130, you can get down to, maybe like 110 before I officially start saying like, I didn't like this movie. Um, and I liked maybe like the top 70 and then there's just a bunch of, okay, but like, that's a lot of stuff. That's at least kind of good. Um, and then I think there are about 20, 25 that I'd say are great. So yeah, I really, really thought this was a great year for movies. Uh, Aaron, um, look, I'm probably not the formidable, uh, you know, end all be all for this topic because I had a pretty slow year for movies. I think I saw only 38 new ones, um, which is half of what I saw the year before. Um, but I'm relatively underwhelmed with this year. Uh, just seems like there was a lot of things that like, oh, we were excited about this and either it got delayed or it just kind of like sucked, you know. Um, we're not talking about Amsterdam today, you know. So like, and <laughs> You were not? We probably would have thought about it, right? Like, I'm assuming, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know I mean, what you're I'll, trying to say. Andrew, I'll counter you 2007 with 2012 um, and probably 2016 as well. But anyway, do your own research. Uh, I've I've missed a lot. Um, so sorry. I'm like I'm I'm gonna I, I have gaps this year. Um, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, um, Triangle of Sadness, The Menu. Um, RRR, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, um, The Fablemans, those are all kind of like the top I didn't get around to this year. Okay. 
All right. Well, it's good stuff to know. I think for me, uh, it's been a really good year in movies. Um, it's like Robert said, it's really deep. And one of the ways I kind of judge how good a year it's been is when I make my uh, top 41 list. And uh, if you've ever made a top 41 list, you know, over the course of the year, that's a lot of movies to include in a list. It's and like in, most, in most years, my 41st movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say, Andrew? It's almost 42. It's almost 42. Uh, And in most years, that 41st movie will be around like a solid B for me. So it's like, you know, my, my, my list doesn't always include you know great great films includes good films too and i kind of like that i like it uh you know for for many reasons and one of them is i can kind of judge how deep the year was based on you know what my number 41 is and this year my number 41 was an a minus so like that's you know a lot of a minus or better movies uh over the course of a year so yeah i think there's a really deep bench this year i think up top for me uh we still haven't touched 2015 um 2015 up top had inside out the revenant the martian mad max fury road and spotlight like Mm -hmm. you know like it's just like all timers uh up at the top but as far as depth i think this year would compete uh with a lot of years um as far as depth goes so you know want to know something funny what my number 41 is of this year (laughs) what's your number 41 Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, all right. So this is going to be a fun conversation. Let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, here's how we're going to do this. Uh, with performances and movies, we will just count down our top 10. So we will go around and we'll just count down our top 10 and then we will pick a winner from those that we have talked about. For best moments, we will do it nomination style. If you listened last week, uh, you know how that works. We'll each nominate three um and then we will pick of those 12 uh one that wins uh okay so let's start with performances if you've been a fan of the podcast or the website you know that we do not distinguish uh gender or amount of time for our performances we just want to know what the best performances of the year are um, Ryan reynolds and bullet train what's that <laughs> That's my pick. Number one, Ryan Reynolds and Bullet Train. Fair enough. Such a Listen, very I'd, profound. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll put it on the list. All right. Uh, we will go number 10 to number one. Uh, Andrew's going to kick us off. What's your number 10 performance of 2022? Uh, my number 10 is Amber Midthunder for Prey. I don't know if it's, you know, going into this with low expectations. We talked about this last week in part one when we were talking about how going into this movie can affect how you perceive it. Because even though I love Trachtenberg, uh, we don't get good Predator sequels. They just, they don't exist until now. And I think that a good part of it has to do with... Amber Mid Thunder giving a stellar performance. I absolutely loved her. I loved her originally whenever I was introduced to her in the show Legion. And I think that she was stellar in that show. And her and her brother helped tell a beautifully crafted original story from a very old franchise. Great choice. Uh, She's incredible in that movie. Um, So, yeah, I like that choice. Amber Midthunder in Prey at 10. Uh, Robert, what's your number 10? Touched on it in part one, but I think I just have to go with Jake Gyllenhaal in Ambulance. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a wild performance, but Jake Gyllenhaal has a special talent where he can be a chameleon and fit into literally any type of movie that he's in, no matter what the 
the tone or the the genre is um you know he can he can be serious and stoic and uh and like prisoners and stuff like that um but when michael bay asks him to ramp it up to 11 he ramps it up to 11 and gives one of the best performances of the year i think this isn't anything that's ever going to be nominated for awards but it perfectly fits exactly what the movie wants uh wants it to be um it's hilarious and fun and magnetic all right, so number 10 for Robert is Jake Gyllenhaal and Ambulance. Uh, so hey, I'll go next. My number 10 is Emma Thompson in Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. Uh, I think this is a phenomenal performance. And one, one thing I try to do when looking at this is to separate the movie from the performer. It's sometimes hard to do. Not that this is a terrible movie, but it's definitely not getting like awards buzz or anything like that. But she should be because she's incredible uh, in this movie. And um, I think it's a, it's a great performance and worth mentioning. So that's my number 10. Aaron, what is your number 10? Uh, I have Robert Pattinson in The Batman. Hmm. Um, I we, we touched on it a little bit. I think the movie overall is overrated. And there's a lot that just doesn't work for me. But uh, Pattinson really does. I'm really excited to see him continue to be that role. All right. Uh, wasn't there a little bit of slight rumor that uh, James Gunn may be trying to pull the plug on uh, this, this thing? So, I don't know. If there is, I haven't heard. But Yeah, know. because I don't think that technically this falls under DCEU category. This is other verse, kind of like Joker, you know? Yeah. That's what I like, thought, too. But then I, I thought I had seen a rumor that, that, that they were more like, no, let's really try to do it so that we're not muddying the waters and... Yeah. You know, whatever. Well, we'll see. Kind of like Aaron. I, I haven't heard anything. I'm not saying it's speculation. It's just I don't know. Yeah, it probably is speculation. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, all right, on to our number nines. Andrew, what do you got at number nine? This is where I have Angela Bassett for Wakanda Forever. It's a good choice. Even though the movie was a little bit of a letdown for me, uh, she, she was stellar. The performance that she gives in this one as a broken mother... Um, I know that this is a very personal movie for everybody who was involved and that elevates the performances, but I still think even, uh, you know, taking back that, uh, that tragic, you know, Chadwick Boseman, uh, element of it, I think that her performance of like, we have lost our protector. And then she gives that, in, that stellar UN speech that she gives is one of my favorite scenes of the entire year. She just commands you know attention and respect so yeah absolutely loved it very nice uh robert what is your number nine uh colin farrell in the banshees of inishirin one of his four movie performances of the year all of which are great but this one is my favorite um just seeing his evolution from happy-go-lucky quote-unquote nice to fully disillusioned by the end of the movie um I don't know how many other actors could have pulled it off the way that he does. Because the the photo that's up right now, uh, it kind of exemplifies what what's so good about him. His that, eyebrows, his like yeah. like I just like I wish I, I could make my eyebrows on. do that. It's amazing. That that shrug and the eyebrows, it it that captures his demeanor in the movie so perfectly up until like the last twenty or so minutes. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it's a deeply so empathetic good. performance. Yeah, good choice, good choice. Uh, my number nine is Kiki Palmer in Nope. Um, I think this is a really incredible performance. Uh, I think she is kind of the the energy of the movie. 
um, because Kaluuya is doing something a little more understated, and he's you know kind of got that you know Western cowboy uh, energy. Um, but uh, but Kiki Palmer is uh, on top of it, and I think she's uh, absolutely incredible in Nope. So that is my number nine. I love that for you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Aaron, what is your number nine? I also have Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Inishir in, in this spot. Um, I think Nick Tokyo in chat points it out perfectly. Just says like, there's never a character I've wanted to give a hug to more than Colin Farrell in this movie. He's uh, yeah, he he manages to kind of play like Colin Farrell has played a wide variety of people in his career, and he kind of plays like a, a common person. Like he, he, I very much feel like react the same way he does. Like there's a there's a scene where like there's a thump on the door and like the way that he reacts uh, is just so goofball silly, but like still grounded in a way that it's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's normal. So um, he's a lot of fun in this movie. Nice. He's, he's like a dog that gets in trouble and he doesn't under, understand why. So he's just sad yeah. about it. He's like, I just want to make it right. How do I make it right? <laughs> he also made me care about a donkey. So that's something. Oh my goodness. Did Stop. you see EO? Why? In case Why? You want to not care. yet. If you want to it care about it, just opened a donkey. Uh, this week. If you want to care about a donkey in my theater. Uh, all right. Um, let's see, uh, Andrew. I think that means we're at your number eight. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, forgive me if there's any mispronunciations here. It's Stephanie Sue mm-hmm. from Everything Everywhere All at Once. She is the daughter. Um, she uh, is given uh, a really big task to perform in this movie and going up against or going up against Michelle Yeoh and trying to command this this the uh the screen at the same time that she is yeah it's a uh, it's it's a perfect movie pretty much so that means all the people in it have to be perfect and she is <laughs> all right Stephanie Zhu uh for Everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, Robert, you're number eight. I don't know how many people saw this movie, but it's John Boyega in Breaking. Um, he holds up a, a bank um, to help get his uh, his payment from, since he's a, vet, uh, a combat veteran. Um, I've always thought John Boyega was a good actor, and he's kind of given not enough to do in Star Wars. But he is otherworldly in this. He brings so much depth. Uh, emotion, uh, empathy to this performance. It's really intense at times and really, really vulnerable at other times. Um, yeah, I, I think more people need to watch this movie. I've barely heard anyone talk about it. Um, it's really great. And he shares a lot of scenes with Michael K. Williams in one of his last performances. I was say, this is his last movie, isn't it? Yeah, and he's incredible in this also. But yeah, John Boyega. John Boyega breaking in at number eight. My number eight performance of the year is from Rory Kinnear in Men. Um, Say what you will about the movie, and we have. Yeah. Uh, This performance is kind of astonishing because of what he's asked to do. Um, If you don't know about the movie, he plays multiple roles uh, within the movie. And each one in some way emulates, uh, in a very ham-fisted way, uh, by the movie, not necessarily by his performance, uh, you know, a different avenue of toxic masculinity or whatever the case may be. Um, I think he is interesting in every single one of these roles. And some of them are super creepy. Others of them are more empathetic. 
Um, but uh, I think his performance here is somehow both every man, but not the every man. Um, but uh, he is—he's <laughs> literally every man. <laughs> he is men. Uh, so Rory Kinnear is my number eight. Uh, Aaron, what do you got at number eight? I have Pedro Pascal in the unbearable weight of massive talent. Oh, okay, um, he's just cute in this movie um and Fair. i love him mm, those uh, mexican cartels i know right? he's just he's just like <laughs> i don't know how better to describe but he's just cute and i love him and i want to hang out with him um especially you know on drugs um <laughs> the way to do it uh there you go pedro pascal the unbearable way to massive talent so i think that brings us on to our number sevens andrew what do you got at number seven Number seven, this is the first of many women talking performances that we're going to be talking about today. Claire Foy, um, she has one scene in particular where she just commands and it's, um, it's powerful and then it's automatically followed up by a, yep, that's the scene right there where they're talking and they're singing the lullaby. I actually had to, I actually had to step out of the theater that way. That was a rough, rough scene, but, uh, Yeah. We're going to be talking about a lot of people from Women Talking. So so Claire Foy, Women Talking is your number seven. Um, Robert, what is your number seven? I have to say Women Talking is the main movie that I wanted to see that I didn't get around to. It's oh, not coming until okay. a week from today um, or else I'm sure it would, I'd talk about it a lot. Um, but my number seven performance is also Kiki Palmer from Nope. Um, I think she's all at once hilarious, uh, quick-witted, um, emotional, layered, uh, and she brings so much star power that uh, I don't think I've seen her in much before, but mm-hmm. she just has an uh, instant amount of charisma and star power that you're like, oh, she can lead any movie that I <laughs> that, that she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, much. I, I watched Nope for just a second time last night, and that she's the main thing that stood out to me, just how great she was. Yep, she's incredible. Uh, all right, so that brings me to my number seven. Uh, my number seven won the Critics' Choice Award for Best Performance in a TV miniseries, but it is a movie, and so we're counting it here. Daniel Radcliffe uh, for Weird the Al Yankovic Story is my number seven. Um, I, I, I can't believe it works, but it works. <laughs> uh, and it's just kind of one of those things you go... He just kind of embraced an aura of who Weird Al is without doing a straight imitation. And um, I really, really dig what he's doing in that movie. I think it's a great performance. So Daniel Radcliffe is my number seven. Uh, And then Aaron, what's your number seven? Yeah. um, By the way, Daniel Radcliffe is in no way my problems with Weird. Um, He's so good. He's so good. Uh, This is where I have Angela Bassett for a Black Panther Wakanda Forever. She's just mm. so good in this, um, especially that uh, council scene is, uh, um, yeah, it's it's the Oscar reel for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, she's great. Very nice. All right. On to number six. Uh, Andrew, what do you got at number six? This is where I have Judith Ivy and women talking. <laughs> <laughs> the top seven slots go yeah. to. I think she out of everybody on in that movie has like the most matriarchal uh, element to her like she seems to be the uh i guess you could say the mother for mothers mm-hmm. um and uh she is a uh, a rock in this movie and she is 
patient and calm, but firm and unwavering. So, yeah, love her in this. Yep, good choice, good choice. Number six for you, Robert. Uh, probably a bit lower than other people might have her, but this is where I have Kate Blanchett in Tar. Um, I, I don't have much to say that everyone hasn't already said about her because she's just incredible, but it's just insane that all all she does is put on a pantsuit and she completely transforms. Um, you know Kate Blanchett, the movie star, the, the Hollywood persona, but this is nothing close to it. And that's, I think, one of the major marks of a great performance. There was somebody she wanted to talk to at the Critics' Choice Awards that was at the table next to us. So during the break, a uh, little little uh, inside uh, from the, the awards, she came over and was talking to them. And I don't know how obvious it is from the live broadcast, um, but people do not want to sit down when the commercials are over. Like People are just still having conversations uh, while the show has started back up. But she uh, was in this conversation. She didn't want it to end, so she just crouched down there by the table, and they just kept talking during the show <laughs> for like the next whole section. And I was like, "Sure, whatever." You know, I imagine for them that's kind of the fun of the award show circuit. A lot of it is just getting to see everybody and all their fun friends that they had from these projects they've done. And um, so, so yeah, uh, Kate Blanchett's a good choice at number six. Um, my number six. This is where I have Brendan Gleeson uh, from Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Uh, so this is, to me, uh, an astonishing performance based mostly on how straightforward and steady it is and yet how impactful it is. So he's doing something in this performance where... He makes the unbelievable believable. And you watch his performance and go, things that I wouldn't think are real or wouldn't happen in the real world, no, I believe, because of the performance that he's giving. And to me, that that stands out as something really, really special. Uh, so I really like what uh, what uh, Gleason's doing in Banshees of Inishirin. Uh Aaron, what is your number six? Uh, this is where I have Ethan Hawke for the black phone. Okay. Um He's just like he's got so much to do because his face is hidden with a mask uh, for a bunch of the movie, and he's he's just intimidating, which is exactly what he needs to be uh, for this movie um, to work. And yeah, he's awesome. Um, even when he's just like sitting in a chair and supposed to be asleep, like I, he, he's so good in every other like moment that I'm just like, yeah, this is tense and creepy and scarifying scaring i almost said scarifying that's not a word uh, <laughs> it is now. it is now it is now yeah he's he's scarifying in this movie he's he he knew that he knew the job and he did it to perfection i'm always fascinated by uh, actors who are asked to do a role like this another one that comes to mind is a uh, hugo weaving for v for vendetta mm-hmm. where you have to portray a character's uh through you know you're very limited in the emotions you can convey to where if you go over it, it just seems like silly theatrical uh, it, uh, foolery. It, and it's movies like this that uh, make me really appreciate how difficult that must be. Yeah. All right. We're into our top five, guys. Uh, our top five guys uh, is our, our next category. Uh, what is your favorite menu item from five guys? Uh 
Well, it's got to be the fries. It's the fries. Yeah, it's the fries. Uh, the burgers are amazing, but the fries are incredible. Um, yeah. All right. No, we are into our top five movies. Uh, what is Andrew, what is your number five performance of the year? <laughs> My number five performance is Sheila McCarthy and Women Talking. <laughs> I will say just spoilers this is the last uh women talking performance that i have oh you didn't put Be- jesse buckley in there i know yeah and i love her performance too mm-hmm. there were this was a good year for movies but it was also a great year for performances too everybody mm-hmm. gave gave it their all um i haven't had a single guy on my uh on my list yet i just realized that mm-hmm. uh, but no uh, sheila mccarthy uh i love i just her character i loved like out of all of them, it was just so uh, innocent and meek, mm-hmm. and and yet she still tried to keep well composed. And uh, for me, she had some of the most emotional moments in the movie for me. So I adore that performance. So yep. well, since you mentioned it's your last one, I will go ahead and say this this now as well. I did not have any women talking performances in my top ten, and the reason I think is every time I started to consider one of them, I just they're also consi- good. It's I well, I just considered how much it is an ensemble piece, and it would be my number one acting ensemble of. The, in fact, it was. It was what I voted for for best acting ensemble this year was women talking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but none of them actually made my top 10, but I'm glad you're giving, uh, due to several of them because they are all great performances, but they are even more than the sum of their parts, um, as well in this movie. So I really tried to talk about other movies (laughs) in this category. (laughs) Andrew talking about women talking, women talking, uh, Robert, you're number five. Rachel Senate embodies bodies, bodies, um, I hadn't seen Shiva Baby when I saw this movie. I have now, and I love her even more because of having mm-hmm. seen yeah. Shiva Baby. Um, I don't think there's like too many layers to this performance, but just the way that she's so consistently that same speed and consistently mm-hmm. hilarious and uh, oblivious at the same time um, works so perfectly for the movie. Um, my probably my, my favorite line delivery. Um, or one of my favorite line deliveries of the year is when someone says that they're not listening to her podcast and she just like goes, what? Like she can't believe that someone's not. It's or that they hate listening really is what it is. But it's just to great. make a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gotta have a Google calendar. <laughs> it's just all right. so great. Uh, good choice. I love that choice. Uh, number five is where I have Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, I think she's doing astonishing work here. I really, really wish she would have been uh, Best Actress this year. I think that would be really, really cool. Um, there are others who we've already mentioned and we'll probably mention again that are more likely to win that award. Uh, but um, but I love uh, Michelle Yeoh and what she's doing and Everything Everywhere All at Once. And hearing her talk probably has a little bit to do with it hearing her talk about the opportunity that she's never been given before but that she was given in this movie to be a whole bunch of different things instead of just this one thing that she has you know kind of been through her career um i think it's really meaningful and really powerful and so uh i'm rooting her on um but she is my number five this year uh aaron what is your number five um, hopefully I don't butcher, butcher this name, but I have uh, Jovan Adepo from Babylon. He plays Sidney Palmer. Um, it's a relatively small role, but I love every second that this guy is on the screen. Um, he's he's got uh, just 
some really great scenes that require a lot of him, and um, we'll talk about them later for sure. Uh, all right. That is number five. On to number four. Andrew, what is your number four? This is where I have Michelle Yeoh for everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really rooting for her to win this award season because, like you said, where she's talking about these different opportunities now that she's being given uh, that she has, you know, missed out on her entire career. Uh, you just really, really want her to win because not only does she deserve it because of her career, but for this movie too, she's stellar in this. It is. I can't even imagine the undertaking it was to prepare for a movie like this. Robert, you are number four. Regina Hall in Honk for Jesus. Um, I mentioned the how much I love this movie in part one, but um, there are so many layers to this performance, and uh, it is incredibly subtle too. And like I said, as the movie goes between like a typical narrative film and that mockumentary style, she is doing different things in uh, each one of those sections, and the camera's picking up different things about her performance in each one of those parts. Um, I just love how nuanced and, and complicated and layered the whole performance is inside of such a uh, well-done story. Good call. Good call. Uh, my number four is uh, Stephanie Zhu from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, and I think it is, in my opinion, the performance that the movie hinges on. And that's why I have it slightly uh, higher than... Michelle Yeoh. Um, I think this, if not for her performance, I don't think this movie works as as well as it does because you have to believe her as this um, post-adolescent flailing yet, you know, in some ways trying to uh, believe things and not believing things, this balance of nihilism and yet, you know, wanting something more. Uh, and then of course playing, you know, the, the Jobu character and everything that that means. I just think it's a really great performance. The multiple watches of this movie have resulted in her performance climbing for me. I think when you watch her in that final scene, um, or one of the final scenes, the, yeah. you know, the, as the crescendo happens, um, She's just, I, I just believe every second of it. And she just draws me into the emotion of a movie with hot dog fingers in Rakakuni. <sighs> so, um, so yeah, Stephanie Zhu uh, is my number four. Uh, Aaron, what's your number four? Uh, this is where I'm Michelle Yeoh for everything ever all at once. Uh, everything that you guys have said, but the thing on top of it all is like she has to play like a chameleon of different characters wide, of wide variety. Some of them are like caricatures of, uh, of like a person like her, um, uh, uh, or I guess like, yeah, just a caricature of like an everyday person. Right. Uh, and some of them are, you know, her actually playing herself in real life. Um, yeah. and then, uh, but the thing, the thing about it, like that also elevates it to me is that she's still like so funny in, in all these roles, like, because it's one thing to do a bunch of different roles, but then also to be, consistently funny through everything um yeah what she's doing in this movie is just n nothing short of excellence very nice uh number three is andrew what's your number three uh this is where i have rory kinnear for men um it this this performance reminds me a lot of uh james mcavoy for uh, um 
split. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just because he's, you know, playing multiple characters mm-hmm. uh, in the same film. And it's it, it looked exhausting. It really did. But he has this ability to where each character... It, through prosthetics, yes, but at the same time, there were a couple times where I was questioning if it was actually Rory Kinnear in prosthetics because not only his uh, physicals changed, but his mannerisms and the way he carried himself. It's very, very impressive. Uh, a very impressive performance. Sizz. All right. Number three, Rory Kinnear. Robert, what's your number three? Uh, quick disclaimer that I've been choosing just one performance from each movie because I want to bring more variety in my picks personally. Sure. Oh. Um, so my pick from Everything Everywhere is Ki Hui Kwan, who is just incredible. Um, he does the whole, I guess, manic uh, Waymond in the beginning. Um, then he does like the Alpha Waymond. And then, of course, this one that's up on the screen now is the most meaningful one to me, of course. Um, yeah, it's just a very diverse performance, a very layered one. Um, and like Aaron S was saying about Michelle Yeoh, it's just also very fun and funny. Um, and he's asked to do a lot and he does it all great. All right. Uh, my number three is Daniel Deadweiler from Till. Um, I think overall the movie is, uh, a little bit on the nose for me and it's weird to say with a movie like this, I know. Um, but I would have, uh, you know, the movie overall, I wish had been as good as Danielle Deadweiler's performance was, um, because she is absolutely astonishing in this movie. Um, so that is my number three. Aaron, what's your number three? Uh, Janelle Monet in Glass Onion. Um, I she, she was the standout for me in this movie. Um, and the fact that she has to play kind of a dual character. Um, and she nails both of them, where she plays this high class uh, rich witch, um, but also has to play um, like a more Southern like, Belle. S- Southern Belle, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, so yeah, she's she's killing it uh, every time, and I I just love her um, so much in this movie. There you go, Janelle Monae at number three. On to number two, Andrew. What do you got? Brendan Fraser in The Whale. Absolutely transformative performance. I love this movie so, so much. I Aronofsky, he gets me most of the time. A couple misses every now and then, but for the most part, if I, I don't just like an Aronofsky movie, I either don't like it or absolutely love it. It's one of my favorites ever. And yeah, this is uh, one of my favorites ever. It's very personal, intimate piece. Brendan Fraser... Uh, transformative i said brandon i meant brendan sorry and yeah i love everything about this movie it's great it's painful and i am glad we are in a fraser sense mm-hmm. uh, all right see robert you're number two this is where i have danielle Dudweiler, and i mostly agree with you where the movie it's a bit inconsistent, but the the performance is just incredible. Um, she does things in this that I honestly didn't know were possible. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when she's on the stand in court, she does this thing with her eye that I have no idea how she how she even does that. Um, it seems like the definition of someone living the role, and uh, I think that's what makes it so great. It's already 
I can almost guarantee it'll be a top 10 performance of the decade. Yeah, it's the, it is really good. Um, Aaron, what's your, or I guess uh, my number two. Sorry, I didn't mean to skip myself. Uh, my number two, this is where I have Kate Blanchett. Uh, it's pretty astonishing how she completely embodies this character. I've had an interesting relationship with the movie, which we'll probably talk about later. Uh, but as far as her performance, even right from the first viewing, it was clear to me that um, she was doing just astonishing work. Uh, so Kate Blanchett is my number two. Um, Aaron, what is your number two? Uh, Kiwi Kwanisans continues. That's where I have him here for everything ever all at once. Um, it would have been so easy to look at this movie or to look at him in this movie and just be like, oh, that's short round or oh, that's data. And yeah, um, it's not. It's something totally different, totally matured but he's also still got that again cute energy um i I just i I think he pulls off each role perfectly i'm so happy um for him and i'm so happy uh that he's getting a recognition and a a way back into movies which he loves so yeah kwan comes in at number two on aaron's list of cutest performances of 2022 (laughs) uh time for a number one so cute (laughs) so cute so cute in a black phone just adorable (laughs) It's yeah. adorable that Ethan Hawke. Uh, I love Rory Kinnear's final scene. It's just oh, precious. It's so cute. Oh, just, <laughs> just the miracle of life. Just want to pinch his cheeks. Uh, Andrew, what is your number one performance of the year? Well, my number one cutest performance of the year is Kihue Kwan. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, just like you guys, it's the best performance in the movie. It's one of the best performances of the year. When I first saw this movie, he made me cry, cry, cry. That whole speech where he's like, he's both saying we need to be kind and I would have loved you just, uh, I would have loved just doing laundry and taxes with you. He made me cry so much. And now he's making me cry again during award season because every single time he accepts an award, it makes me ball <laughs> like he did at Golden Globes and the CCA. He just... Oh, he made me crass much. I, I want you want nothing but goodness for this guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert, what's your number one? Paul Meskel in After Sun. Um, like I said, this is just such a raw movie, um, an emotionally devastating movie. Um, like I said, that I like when it when it's done well, and it's only done so well because of Paul Meskel and Frankie Corio. Uh, and their chemistry, but Meskel, he's doing a lot of stuff that's very internal, very behind the eyes, um, trying to keep up this facade for his daughter, even though she's kind of seeing through it, but she doesn't know what exactly she's seeing through. Um, yeah, again, like I've been saying about all these performances, there are just a lot of layers to it. Um, and he's, I, I don't think I'd ever seen him before either, and he just blew me away. Very nice. Uh, my number one performance of the year also blew me away in a movie that I just liked i liked this movie but the performance uh was astonishing uh the most transformative performance i saw all year was austin butler uh as elvis um just just blew my mind uh and in part of the level of difficulty isn't just again like capturing the essence of someone without feeling like it's a straight you know saturday night live impersonation it's also the length of time that he had to encompass in the age range of this character, and he works in every single age range. It's believable. 
Um, I just, I really love this Austin Butler performance. And uh, this is a performance so good, uh, he just became the character in his real life, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. well, um, I think the pandemic played a huge part in that as well, because, like, he, he said in an interview, like, because of the pandemic, I had to spend so much longer being Elvis mm-hmm. that I kind of forgot who Austin was because I was Elvis <laughs> for so long. Right, right. Yeah. It was uh, so close Butler. to making my list. So. Is my number one, Aaron. What is your finish this off? What's your number one of twenty twenty two? Yeah, uh, with the caveat that also on my list of haven't seen is Tar. Uh, my number one is Margot Robbie in Babylon. I think she's super good in this movie. She plays that like larger than life personality, um, and she also like stand out stands out in every scene that she's in. I mean, in the one where where she gets on the movie set and has to essentially you know, do her audition um and then there's uh there's a scene later on the sound stage which is uh, it, it's just a perfect amount of chaos she brings that like wild card energy to this role but she's also just got some really good emotional depth here um i i love her in this movie i think that's a solid pick uh i think all the performances in uh and Babylon are really, really good. Uh, and I think hers is worth mentioning as well. There you go. A variety of performances in our top 10. Not a single performance that all four of us thought was top 10. Um, so that's the case. There were one, two performances that three of us thought was top 10. And they both come from the same movie. Uh, Michelle Yeoh and Kiwi Kwan both had three of us. Um, I guess of the he ones wins. that were two of us, Daniel Deadweiler would be worth a look because it was a number three and a number two. Um, but other than that, I think those are probably our three to look at. Anybody disagree? Yeah. Anybody w- want to make a case otherwise? No, I and honestly, I think it's pretty cut and dry that Kihei Kwan, uh, because I had it at number one, and uh, Schweitzer, you had it at two, right? And Robert, and Robert had it at had three. It? I had three. three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. That's it. And right? Aaron had it at like 15. eleven. I hated that performance. I thought it was terrible. Oh, um, yeah, it no, yeah. and I was, worst performance of the year. I will say, as the person who didn't rank it in their top ten, I still think it's a great performance. Um, I, I think I'm a a, a bit uh, biased towards the female performances in that movie, and I think he is. I think so much of the love for Quan and it's deserved and like you said Andrew I'm right with you crying along with you at his speeches I think we all just want it for him it's a great story you know it's a really great story if I strip away that part of my brain and go okay who's who's doing the best performances that's why he didn't um uh get my top time and again that's not saying it's not a great performance it is a great performance uh I just think there were 10 better um and therefore have no problem absolutely zero problem saying that the best performance of 2022 Ki-hui. for Ki-hui. Sif Pop, the Sifty goes to wow. Ki Hui Kwan for everything, everywhere. That's another trophy he's going to be putting on his mantle. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. If we would have done these before the CCAs, you could have given it to him. Oh, <laughs> oh you missed out, Aaron. I, I think it's really... Uh, one of the things I really love about just going with best performance is I think for a lot of people, they would feel like oh, you know, we need something to honor smaller performances or whatever. We just gave best performance to a supporting performance, quote unquote. You know, it is running in that category. And um, I just, I think that's a a really fun way to look at things. So uh, there you go. The best performance of the year. 
Uh, All not right, to put you on to... the spot, Aaron, but do you have like who won last year? Because we were yes, kind of doing it was Anthony that last. Hopkins uh, for the father uh, yeah. was our selection last year, and ended up winning the uh, Best Actor Oscar as well. <laughs> yeah, um, so <laughs> surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Hold on. Was that last year? or Was that two years ago? It feels like two years ago. But time has no meaning to me. I have it down as last year. Maybe I I could have miscopied it. So it was two Oscars ago, but the movie came out like in January. Got it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 I think it was something like that. Uh, all right. So on to my I think favorite awards category uh, every year, which is best movie moment. What was that yeah. movie moment you were watching? And just were like, this is why I love movies. Um, and that can be for a variety of reasons. It can be because of exhilaration. It can be because of beauty. It can be because of humor. It can uh, be because of terror. Like, there are so many reasons uh, where movies make us feel stuff. Um, and this is, if I had to encapsulate this category in a movie moment from the movie year that this category is in it would be the montage the babylon ending montage that is the movie moment montage like it is this incredible celebration of what it means to experience film on the big screen um so let's talk about it we'll do this round robin we'll do uh three rounds and we'll each nominate three movie moments um Aaron, let's start with you. What's uh, what's your first nomination for movie moment of the year? Glass Onion, and you did get your wish to forever be remembered in the same breath as the Mona Lisa. <laughs> That's so good. Mona Lisa so good. callback, Glass Onion uh, is what we'll call that. Uh, that is a great moment. Yeah, lots of great moments in that movie. Um, all right, Andrew, what's your first nomination? Easily the best movie moment of this year was the trophy fight in everything everywhere all at once all right the trophy fight i i I can't think of anything better in life than that scene (laughs) (laughs) okay wow all right (laughs) you do uh, you i'll take that at face value andrew Uh, do we need to talk after this or like (laughs) hey don't shame no shame no shame involved at all robert what is your first nomination the final shot of the Fablemans. Um, I think there is so much whimsy and joy in that final shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just left the theater giddy after seeing it. The final horizon from the Fablemans. Yeah, that's a great moment. That's that's a fun one. Um, I love this category so much. Uh, I have to nominate, uh, first of all, Natu Natu from RRR. Um, I think yeah. there was... It's hard for me to think of another movie moment more exhilarating that I watched this year because you're already into a movie where you've had four or five moments already where you're just Mm -hmm. like, that was so fun. That was so exhilarated. And then you you go, wait, it's this kind of movie too? Like, you know, it's like, wow, what can this movie not do? Um, And so, yeah, the Natu Natu is, is one of my favorite movie moments of the year. Uh, we will do it snake style, so I will go ahead and pick uh, nominate a second, um, and I'm going to go with the uh, different a different moment from Glass Onion. I'm going to go with the murder mystery quickie uh, moment from Glass Onion. Um, probably the funniest movie moment of the year for me, uh, and just died 
laughing the first time uh, watching the um, murder mystery. Norton sells it so well. He really does. It's so good. Uh, I could have also called it the the arrow moment. Um, yeah. You know the yeah the blood spurt moment. Uh, it's just it's all incredible. Um, so there you go. That's my second nomination. Uh, Robert, what's your second nomination for this category? This is so difficult because there are so many I want to say. But, right? Um, we'll do some. We'll do. We'll we'll talk about some after we okay. get through the nominations. So in that case, I'm going to nominate the classroom scene from Tar. Um, yeah. I Tar. I'm still trying to figure out the movie as a whole, um, but that <laughs> scene on its own is just it's so good. Um, because no matter where you fall on that whole debate that they have, I think um, there are interesting things to think about brought up from both perspectives um, because the student's making some good points. Kate Blanche or Tara's making some good points, but uh, she's doing so in a terrible way. He's doing so in a, in a closed minded way. Um, there, there are just a lot of layers to that scene. And the blocking is incredible. Um, yeah, it's just, I love that. It's a one so shot as well, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. I wonder if it's a true one shot. Man, I assume Robert, you've you've read some that same article that I read, or at least something similar about kind of a key that helped helped me unlock the movie. And yeah. I I have not watched the movie again since reading that, and I'm dying to because it makes so much sense. That movie makes so much more sense when you start to think of it as a ghost story, and like it's it's what it's. I'm telling you, man. Like it's. There is there are things in this movie that are subtle and um, and really interesting, uh, and I'm I'm only tiptoeing around because I re- I genuinely don't want to spoil it for people if they haven't read the article or it, whatever. It's an article, not a video. Yeah, I believe yeah. it is an, an an article that I read. So yeah. Um. So there you go. Good scene from Tar. Uh, your second nomination, Andrew. What is your second nomination in this category? It's difficult because I this would technically be for me my one to nominate, but not enough people have seen the movie, so I know it can't win. But it's good enough for that. I just have to mention it anyway. It's the uh, raised hands navigation scene from Women Talking near the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. It just hit me. It's one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally get that. Great choice. Raised hands from women talking. Aaron, what is your second and third nominations in this category? Oh, man. Okay, I was really hoping that somebody else would pick this um, so I could use other picks. Uh, <laughs> Don't play the game. You might get bit. I know. But now I have to, right? Laundry and taxes, everything ever all at once. Okay. Um, just, it's in that montage, but to me, that's the moment. Um you know, and it kind of reaches that culmination. Uh, I would have been perfectly happy to allow Dream Taxes with you. Um, yeah. Great choice. And what is your third and final choice in this category? Uh, I, I put this... I, I, I described it as Hollywood is terrible, parentheses, Sidney Palmer, um, Babylon. Uh, it's a makeup scene, and I don't want to spoil it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Um, yeah, let's call it let's call it uh, bad makeup. Yep. Uh, from Babylon. Um, good choice. Good choice. All right, Andrew. What's your third and final nomination? 
It would be the first time we hear the Batmobile rev up mm. and uh, take mm. flight because it's the best introduction we've ever had out of any iteration of Batman. It's the best introduction we've ever had to the Batmobile. It's It takes us time. That's what the scene is about. It's about hearing it turn on and then that giant jet engine in the back, you know, firing up. It's It's... That is what I call movie magic right there. Very nice. Robert, your final nomination in this category. Oh, man. I think I'm going to go with um, the last dance scene in um, After Sun. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's Under Pressure is playing. And it's, again, it's devastating, but in the best type of way. Mm Mm-hmm. The last, we'll just call it the last dance uh, in honor of Michael Jordan. Uh, and uh, that was After Sun. Good choice, good choice. Uh, my final nomination is, uh, let's just call it the childbirth scene from Men. Uh, I'm just kidding, Andrew. I just, okay. uh, <laughs> the children birth. If the, you guys are going to give me birth. flack, you know. Uh, no, I am going to. Mm, this is tough. This is tough. <laughs> right. This is really tough. I, oh, man, I literally have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12 that yeah. I could choose from here. And I think there are a couple that we probably should have in. I, I'm going to go with ones since I'm taking the last choice here that we really should have in this category uh, to talk about. And then we can just talk about the others before we, we vote. Um, and I, I think that's, I'm just calling it. He's back uh, from Top Gun Maverick. Um, I was going to say, we don't have a single Top I, Gun Maverick I think, I think moment. that has to be included. That, that, that scene is so uh, exhilarating and is one of the defining scenes of the year. No, I think which, which scene, um, uh, I just called it He's Back, but you could also uh, call it the test run or oh, the proof, you know, proof. the proof. Yeah, you know. I had that. Um, I had that. I just called it Maverick's Run. Yeah. So um, I think I think that has to be in the list. So I'm going to nominate that. Yeah. All right. Fair. So here are the nominees before we talk about a few others that we want to mention. Um, not to not to RRR, uh, the uh, Mona Lisa callback, Glass Onion, Murder Mystery Quickie, Glass Onion, He's Back, uh, Top Gun Maverick, The Final Horizon, The Fablemans, The Classroom Scene from Tar, The Raised Hands from Women Talking, Laundry and Taxes, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, bad makeup from Babylon, Batmobile uh, Rev from the Batman, and the Last Dance from After Sun. Um, anybody want to start us off with some thoughts? Okay, the I'll go. laundry and taxes one is one that I was also holding off because I wanted to say other ones, but I was figuring that one might win because I thought mm. someone else was going to nominate it. You know, it's it's interesting. I didn't even no- I had one for everything everywhere all at once that nobody mentioned, which is uh Mom Let's Go is just what I called it. And it's probably mm. my favorite moment in the movie and with the rock. And uh <laughs> really yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, there's a beautiful rock moment in there uh in that part. Um but I think laundry and taxes really is the the crux of how mm. the stru- how the structure of that movie works. It's it's you know, it's like a um 
it's this moment it's this linchpin moment in the movie and um everything falls everything everywhere falls into place all at once um you know with that scene so i have i have no problem with laundry and taxes um unless yeah. somebody wants to fight for something stronger <laughs> Which just I, the only one that even comes close to me is the uh trophy Mona Lisa. Oh. um i love the trophy fight too but the Mona Lisa. i mean norton's overreaction and yeah. um just that's kind of a really pivotal moment for the movie yeah. um although yeah, but, guys maverick's run <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think we're good. I think we can officially call it uh, the movie moment. Laundry taxes. Of 2022. The Sifty goes to everything everywhere all at once with laundry and taxes. Um, What are some of the other ones that you guys wanted to mention? I'll let you. Yeah, Andrew, go ahead and do your two. The animal assault on the fort for RRR mm-hmm. is the yeah. most bananas and like, things. Like I said, you could pick a <laughs> yeah. dozen moments of that movie that are incredible. The bridge movie rescue, yeah. the tigers, uh, having Raja uh, go take out the one guy in the crowd of a thousands. <laughs> just, just even the grabbing of the flags. Like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just like there's just so many moments where you're just going, oh my goodness. And um, the other one that I have to mention. Um, I know one person who doesn't appreciate the scene, but I do. And that's the high school polka party from Weird. (laughs) Very nice. Uh, Such a brilliant. It is so good. It is so good. I was laughing a lot. Robert and Aaron, uh, did you have any others you wanted to throw out there? Yeah, I just had a few, like three brief ones. Uh, The reveal in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I saw it coming, but still the exact way that it happened. I cracked up and lost. Yeah, it was great. It's good. It's good. Um, The high five between Daniel Kaluuya and uh, Kiki Palmer. Yes. Nope. For some reason, it just gets me so pumped up every time I see that. It's so good. It's so good. I think it's because he, again, is playing that like stoic Western vibe. And in that moment, he gets so intense. It's yeah, that's really fun. There's a really good moment uh, in that Vanity Fair interview I mentioned earlier where like somebody asked him like, oh, is that a like, you know, a movie thing? And he's like, no, that's just a black thing. Like. And my, uh, my last one, real quick, was just uh, the bread van scene in, in Banshee's. Oh, in my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite part from that movie. That is my favorite yeah. scene from that movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the bread van. <laughs> it better not be the same guy driving bread vans. <laughs> uh, I had two as well. Um uh, I, I wrote Reaching Mach 10 from Top Gun Maverick. It just, like, the beginning of that movie really just kind of set up, like, oh, this is what movie we're getting. Yeah. It's really excellently well made. Like, mm-hmm. Maverick is back. Um, like, and he's still the same guy. Um, and and then, yeah, then just seeing everybody's reaction, we're like, oh, no. Like, mm-hmm. talk to me, Because, like, of course, he's going to push the limits. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I wrote Reaching Mach 10. And then the other one I wrote for Everything Ever All at Once. Um, I wrote, what does that mean? Um, because it's the moment where Evelyn explains to Gong Gong that Becky is the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And she says it oh. in Chinese or Mandarin. or oh, Sorry, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Becky's just like, what does that mean? I mean, she's so good in it. Uh, but it's, I mean, again, a pivotal character moment character point um mm-hmm. kind of the start of change love that love that moment good stuff i'll go through mine uh, i mentioned mom let's go from everything everywhere all at once uh the jellyfish shall lead you from avatar uh was euphoric uh for me 
Um, I had to mention from Vengeance 100%. Uh, 100 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Because there has been, I think it's the most impactful movie moment of the year for me because I cannot quit hear, ev- hearing everybody saying 100%. 100%. Like everybody says it. It's just, it's a scourge. The 100% is a scourge. Yeah. Uh, then I wanted to mention uh, the arm for an arm moment from Avatar as well was a, a really fun moment uh, for me. Um, the Akira slide in Nope uh was really really fun and incredible uh the music note fight from dr strange in the multiverse of madness Mm. uh was a blast and was a great movie moment uh this year from babylon i had the silent film set um and i think if i had to zero in even closer in there it would probably be on the the cry on cue uh portion of that whole scene um is just was uh euphoric and astonishing uh, Tyler's BS from the menu. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> it's just so good. It's just so good. The most uh, I've laughed at text on screen in a movie. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, from weird, the Al Yankovic story, I had the, uh, this is my original song, uh, scene for best movie <laughs> moment. I just think that's a genius turn that the movie oh, yeah. makes there, and that's a that's a lot of fun. Michael um, Jackson made a cover <laughs> of one of my songs. Uh, for Ban- Banshees of Ed Sheeran, uh, I had the uh, giving the finger uh, uh, scene um, <laughs> listed. Uh, the uh, Bardo, a movie we haven't talked about at all. Uh, Bardo, and then we're at a handful of false chronicles, false chronicles of, of truth or something, like something truth. Yeah. Anyways, um, Bardo has some <laughs> really good movie moments, despite being kind of a muddled and you know overly uh, wrought movie. Yeah. And one of those is what I'm just calling the silent dance. I don't know which of you have seen this movie, by the way, but. Um, but it, maybe I'm the only one here who's no. You saw it, Andrew, because we reviewed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's the it's the scene where it's um, just is it the song "Just Dance" and at the party? Yeah, at the, the party. David Bowie. But it's only it's only the vocals. It strips out all of the music from that song, yeah. and so it's like this silent dance with just the vocals of just. It's re- I've never seen anything like it, and it's uh, a movie moment that stood out. Uh, of that movie for me amongst Aaron, several can i say movie. i'm surprised that the movie moment you didn't pick from bardo was at the very beginning with the uh putting it back yeah 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 return to sender yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then i also wanted to give a shout out to the very final scene of good luck to you leo grand where um emma thompson stands naked in front of a mirror and i just i found that really really impactful there is such a an acceptance on her face of her own age her own body like there's it's a it's something that I think when we talk about like nudity in movies and the bravery and that kind of thing, I think we get a little ahead of ourselves on that stuff sometimes. But this is the definition of that in my book is this idea of body positivity, the idea of the naked body doesn't. I mean, again, this movie is very sexual. A lot of it is about sex, but that moment is not about mm-hmm. sex. That moment is mm-hmm. uh, about what it means to embrace the package that you came in and or that you come in or that you exist in right now. And it's really, really beautiful uh, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite uh, movie moments uh, of the year. So I wanted to give that a shout out as well uh, from Good Luck to you, Leo Grand.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Uh, all right. It is time now for our favorite movies of the year. Um, we will again count them down number 10 to number one and pick one. Uh, then after that, we'll do the uh, the overall pick for all the Sif Pop peeps. But uh, let's talk about ours. Um, Robert, kick us off. What's your number 10? RRR. Uh, not, hey! not only is this bombastic and magnetic, it's also joyful and fun, but also emotional and like deep and important all at the same time um three hours that fly by um except for when they're really hurting you but like in a good type of movie way Mm -hmm. like some of those flashback scenes and uh some of the scenes between the two main characters and the and the niece and all that um man even just trying to list them out there are just too many that are (laughs) just great we've listed all like the fun awesome moments but they're also just like some really great intimate moments also Mm -hmm. um as as just an entire package, yeah, it's just one of easily the best movies that I saw all year. That is RRR in at number 10. I'll go next. My number 10 is Nope. Um, and the one movie, if you're paying attention, uh, that you'll notice I changed from uh, my end of the year rankings. Uh, and as always, I absolutely hang on to the right to do that uh, because perception changes. Uh, as you continue to grow and I made that list a month ago and uh, it has changed a little bit. Uh, Nope is my number 10 
just continues to grow in my estimation in much the same way Get Out did. I know everybody was like on board of Get Out like right away. It took me a little bit. I kept I having uh, to keep processing it and watching it again. And I feel like uh, Nope is doing the same thing uh, with me. Um, us, not so much. Uh, so that's my number 10. Aaron, what's your number 10? Jackass Forever. Yeah. Um, I had, I just had a blast. I saw it in the perfect conditions. There you that go. That helps. That really does. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, your number 10? I also have RRR for my number 10. The fact that India did not nominate this for best foreign film. It's so weird. It's so stupid. I mean, you you would have won. I seriously <laughs> think you would have won. But what's crazy is there's a possibility that RRR could be nominated for best picture still, mm-hmm. but not nominated for best foreign language film because they didn't nominate it. And that's wild to me. Uh, I'm just going to copy everything that pretty much everybody has said about this movie the entire show it's it's bombastic it's crazy it's a great bromance it's fun it's it's a wild ride you're gonna have fun there you go rr and at number 10 uh yeah. robert you're number nine um we'll talk about it again it's ambulance uh it's just <laughs> you I keep was... pronouncing it incorrectly robert ambulance thank you thank you thank you i it yeah, when I saw it, I wasn't expecting it to be this high. I know I knew I liked it, but the more I've just played with my rankings all year, the more it's just hung around. So I finally watched it a second time, and I said, "Screw it, you're going at number nine. And <laughs> it's yeah, just so good, so fun, and and it's also earnest and has some things to say about you know how we treat veterans and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, just really, really well done. All right, there you go. Number nine is Ambulance. My number nine is Babylon. This is where I have Babylon in it. Number nine. Uh, we've said a lot about it already. I will continue to say uh, that I think Damien Chazelle just really knows how to create uh, visual stories, and um, he just he has a he's a keen understanding, especially of momentum and tension. And I think a lot of that is on display uh, throughout this movie, and uh, I really enjoyed it. So, Babylon is my number nine. Uh, Aaron, what's your number nine? My number nine is The Northman. Um, relatively unoriginal story, but so much original about the movie. So much uh, creativity and um, visual flair. Uh, incredible performances. Uh, lots and lots and lots to love about this movie. All righty, number eight. Or no, sorry, Andrew, you're number nine. Well, I think that this category is just going to be me copying the person before me because mine is the Northman. (laughs) (laughs) Number nine. Uh, Yeah, uh, the uh, performances in this movie should not be overlooked as well. I think that everybody's on their A game here. Beautiful movie. Number eight. This is the year of Ethan Hawke cameos, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) It really is. The Glass Onion one's my favorite, though. My least yeah. favorite should have been longer. I, I, when I rewatched it the second time, that's when I noticed it was Ethan Hawke. I didn't notice it the first time in the theaters. It's it's uh, it's one of the... Are we talking about Glass Onion? Is that what yes. you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. So the Glass Onion, uh, one of the reasons I love it on rewatch uh, is I was thinking, oh... This is the first time I watched it. I was like, "Oh, he's rich, so he has like a cure." The second time I watched it, I realized, "Oh no, this is all BS." Like, there's this is he's just squirting like you know 
bleach or something in their throat and pretending it did something. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, probably, yeah, I didn't think about that, but probably <laughs> yes, that's the point of the movie. Like that's, yeah, the, I know. But like, I just assumed like, because he has right, like big right. tech companies, which again is the movie playing on the point oh, that it's making. So um, so yeah, it's anyhow, sorry. Didn't mean to turn, uh, a Northman conversation into a glass onion conversation, but yet I did. Uh, Robert, uh, what is your number eight? Uh, this is one we haven't mentioned at all, but it's Armageddon time. Um, I haven't heard many people talk about this, um, aside from like big time critics. Um, I thought this was a really raw and honest um, examination of privilege, while also like the picture showing a really intimate and sentimental look at the child at the childhood of James Gray, the writer and director. A lot of these. Um, biography movies from directors are very flowery and kind of look at look at the past with rose-colored glasses but um this one looks at it in a, in a much more honest and critical way um and i also just want to shout out how great jeremy strong and, and hathaway are they're two of my favorite performances that just missed out on my list yeah good call uh my number eight uh this is where i have women talking um phenomenal movie great ensemble cast uh see it as soon as you can um it's weird to me that they shifted the date back for its release in theaters i i don't get that choice but um i wish it all the success and i hope everybody sees it because it's it's really incredible um i do think i've, I've been saying this i think we said Tom, it on the show too Andrew, maybe. um I, well in in much the same way as what i'm about to say but this this to me feels like this year's mass where it's just like something that's you know just kind of bubbling underneath and it's a kind of mostly a one room intense conversation hard to watch a second time you know kind of thing um yeah it's uh it's it's really really good so. if you love mass then you're absolutely gonna love women talking uh let's see so aaron number eight uh that's where i have scream um I mentioned I talked about it earlier. It's it's great. And after the recent trailer drop, I know you don't watch trailers. Um, it just kind of came across. I'm so ready for Scream Six. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I talked about it in our most anticipated episode. I I you know the I I liked where this one started pointing the 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 series. So yeah, um, I'm excited to to see it as well. Uh, Andrew, your number eight, the Batman. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I absolutely love this iteration of Batman. I think it does the best work with you seeing uh, him as a detective, like trying to figure out clues. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, the Riddler being the one infamous for leaving clues. So it's kind of like the audience gets to play along and try and solve them, uh, e even with a insanely intricate plan like the one that's in this movie. But uh, no, I love Robert Pattinson is great as Batman. He's not the best Bruce Wayne, but he's a great Batman. Uh, I love the tone. It's such a beautifully shot movie. Yeah, great, great uh, addition to the franchises. Uh, all right, Robert, number seven. Marcel, the shell with shoes on. Um, nice. Hope, uh, hopeful, wholesome, life-affirming. Um, it's about moving on and why it's important to let yourself feel and let yourself experience life. Um even through the eyes, or even through the eye of a little shell with shoes, it's still about as human as you can get. 
<laughs> they uh, they sent a you know life size uh, Marcel the shell with shoes on, which life size being tiny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I set it on the shelf. And as soon as I set it on the shelf, I just, I got emotional. It was so weird because it was like, oh, like this is like in the movie, like this is how he lived. Like he lives on the shelf, you know, like it's, so it was just, it was one of those weird things where I've, I've never put like a keepsake from a movie on a shelf and been like, oh, and you know, until, until yesterday. Uh, so there you go. Marcel Lachelle. Well, she's on at number seven. My number seven uh, is the previously talked uh, about Glass Onion. For many of the reasons we have talked about and many we haven't, but uh, this is, I think, the best rewatch of the year. It is a movie that continues to reward watches. Uh, even up to my fourth time through, I'm catching new things. Um, one of the things, and I just recently heard Ryan talk about this, but we've talked about it before, is just how fair this movie plays with the audience. It doesn't cheat anything. In fact, it it goes to the extra length of on a rewatch, you realize how much you missed that was already out there in the open. How many times um, he said Helen? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he calls her the wrong name before the reveal. Like, and I just never even noticed it uh, the first time I watched it. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 a really beautiful, intricate movie. I continue to, to notice new ways. It's thematically interesting. The idea of them talking about how Bach did fugues uh, at the beginning and then to realize this movie is a fugue like it, it plays over itself and harmonizes with itself um it's just it's just listen ryan ryan johnson is brilliant and uh i continue to be impressed by his work writing and and directing so Glass should, Onion comes in at number seven i should have nominated a uh, sweatshop sweatpants as one of my movie moments of the year i just <laughs> so now realized so i nominated uh joseph gordon levitt on the sifties for vocal performance of the year yeah yeah <laughs> for pinocchio uh all right, uh, let's go on to Aaron. You're number seven. Uh, bodies, bodies, bodies. Uh, I came to this movie like two weeks into the theater run, um, but like obviously, like well before uh, a home release. So it was one of those where like I kind of missed out on the initial conversation. So it was really fun for me to like leave the movie. The, like, hold on, I like this was great and I really love this and I really want to talk about it, but people are done talking about it and won't be talking about it again for a while. So I was like kind of stuck in limbo, but it was really great to like read a bunch of articles, listen to a bunch of podcasts and, and stuff like that. It just made me, it made me appreciate the movie significantly more. Uh, I love this movie. Yep. Uh, good choice. Bodies, bodies, bodies at number seven. Andrew, what is your number seven? My number seven is weird. The Al Yankovic story. Um, probably the funniest movie that came out this year. Uh, it, it's it's my st type of humor. I've grown up with Weird Al, so it was a very personal movie for me, and that just added, and it just kept compounding as I was watching the movie. My love for it just kept getting higher and higher. It's I'll yeah. tell you what we make at the factory when you work at the, at the factory, <laughs> and it's a very end. Hey, what do we even make here? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I thought? I swear, I thought the end of that movie you were going to find out what, what they make at the factory were accordions, <laughs> and that's how his dad lost his hand as he like uh, he uh, got uh, in an accordion accident at the <laughs> factory. If that would have happened, best movie of the year. That's T right. Aaron would have loved it at that point. He would have loved it at that point. I really did like the factory running joke. Yeah. 
All right, on to our number six is Robert. What do you got? I just need to stay on Weird Al for a quick second. The line, you're all a bunch of normals, I'm the weird one, is one of the best lines of the entire year. It's <laughs> yeah. just incredible. I'm the, I'm weird, the weird one. one. I'm the weird one. Um, but my number six is going to change the mood a lot, and that's Bones and All. Um, <laughs> it's um, I wasn't expecting to love this as much as I did. Um, but I really resonated and found my way into the the way that Luca Guadagnino talks about um, what cannibalism represents. I've found myself interpreting it a different way than other people have. Um, I see it as like everyone has a sort of darkness in ourselves. Um, and there's a fine line between accessing the worst parts of ourselves and the best parts of ourselves, which is, uh, you know, hate and love. Um, and if you're able to find someone who you can feel like you belong with um you're allowed you're able to subdue some of those darker tendencies and uh let yourself love and love yourself and love the other people around you taylor russell is great timothy chalamet is very good um yeah i very much love this movie very nice now is not the time or place for me to say many of the things uh (laughs) to have the conversation i would love to have with you um but uh but yes i appreciate that that's a a a very good look at bones and all uh my number six is she said um and this is uh the the best investigative journalism movie since spotlight it may be as it may be better than spotlight um it is really really good uh, and I, it's kind of blowing me away that it's floating underneath the radar during award season, um, because it's just the exact kind of movie I would think would be nominated for everything. Um, but, uh, but she said is really, really good. And it comes in at my number six. Uh, let's see, Aaron, what's your number six? Uh, the black phone. I like this movie more than most well, higher than I think a lot of people. Um, and so it's a really good year for horror. I wasn't, and I don't identify as a horror fan. Um, yeah, I had three in my top 10, um, and a good amount of others, but I, Scott Derrickson is just my kind of filmmaker for this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I love sinister. And then he did Dr. Strange. I really like that. And he, he does this and I'm, I'm on board with whatever he wants to do. Uh, I'm in. Very nice. Uh, Ormsby, what's your number six? Well, we're going to start talking about some big hitter movies now, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about Top Gun Maverick. Nice. And it should say something about how good the movies were this year that this is number six on my list when for a lot of people it's their favorite movie of the year. Mm -hmm. And deservedly so. It's way better than I expected it to be. I hear some people say it's better than it deserves to be. I don't know how I feel about that because I know that there was a lot of love for the original one, not in the uh, the grand Oscar worthiness that this one is, but there's a there's just a fun campy ninety or not nineties obviously, but a, there's a campiness to it and cheesiness to it that was endearing for the first one. This is just a stellar movie. Um, the fact that that's really them in those planes too adds to the realism. So, mm-hmm. yep. yep. All right, on to our top five. Uh, Robert, what's your number five movie of the year? This is where I have Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, I Yeah, I was surprised, again, that this is so high up on my list, but um, it is hilarious. Um, it's so much fun. It has an airtight message, I think. Um, I think it's going to age pretty quickly, but I don't think that really matters in terms of its quality um, because it fits so perfectly for this current time and this current moment. Um, 
yeah, everyone in the cast is great. The, the movie as a whole is great. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies in at number five for Robert. My number five, this is where I have weird, the Al Yankovic story. We've already talked about it quite a bit, and uh, I don't know that I need to add anything uh, to it um, other than check it out. If you like uh, Weird Al or if you like UHF, it's very much in that same vein of humor. Um, so uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, Aaron, what is your number five? The Banshees of Inishirin. Um I really like this movie. I to me, it's got cinematography of the year. Uh, to me, it's got score for the year. Um, loved both of them um, a lot. I think uh, could have even considered the sister, Colin Farrell's sister, f- for performance. I think she's great um, uh, in this movie. Barry Keoghan also doing really well. Um, but uh, I I really like this movie. Uh, it's Martin McDonough, so. It, of course, I'm gonna like it. Um, it's it's more of his serious movies, not like not quite three billboards, but uh, but yeah, still manages still manages to deliver some big laughs. Um, yeah, yeah. What do what do you do with a ten foot stick with a hook on it? <laughs> Maybe hook things from you ten hook feet things away. That are, <laughs> that are stick length away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so that is uh, Benny and Cheese of Inishirin at number five. Andrew, what's your number five? Like I said, I'm following everybody that was right <laughs> before me. Banshees of Inishirin. It's my number five. Uh, yeah, we've talked about this movie a lot. It's it's lovely. And it is very much a Martin McDonough film. Robert, on to our number fours. This is where I have nope. My top four has been pretty solid for a while now. And um, yeah, nope is just great. Jordan, like like we've been saying, Jordan Peele is, is something special. Um, it's, it's gripping. It's entertaining. It's like four different genres all at once, and it does them all perfectly. Um, and like you were talking about earlier, it's layered in its messaging and thematic work. So yeah, so so good. Uh, my number four, this is where I have Top Gun Maverick um, in at number four for me. Uh, it's just what what a what a beautiful surprise that they just made a great Top Gun sequel. It's just it, it's not even like it's one of those movies where you watch it and you go, oh, how did they do that? It's more you watch it and you go, why isn't everybody doing this? Um, because it's not like there's a secret sauce here. Like he's just making a good movie. It's just a good movie. Um, it's amazing how that works. Uh, so yeah, I love Top Gun Maverick. It's my number four. Aaron, what is your number four? This is where I have Babylon. Um, nice. I've I've talked about it a bunch. I don't I don't feel the need to say anything extra. All right. In uh, a number four for you, and then Andrew, what's your number four? A movie that we haven't talked about at all, and I. I can't believe it, but it's Guillermo de Toro's Pinocchio. Um, yeah, it's one of it's it's one of the best animated movies I've ever made. Uh, the way that he is able to infuse his style of filmmaking uh, into a classic story that we've heard so many times before and make it feel new, um, even compared to the other two Pinocchio movies that came out this year. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there was there were three? What was the yeah, third one? There was one that had Polly Shore who was voicing Pinocchio. Uh, it's obviously Wait, it's obvious, it's obviously my number one. We, we're gonna get <laughs> I didn't know that existed. Yeah. Oh wow. I know. Hmm. I haven't seen it yet, I'll just go ahead and say that. But I assume it's gonna be brilliant. 
Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but no, uh, this version of Pinocchio, it's the best telling of that story. It's It forces Geppetto into the spotlight, and it's his story. And it's always should have been Geppetto's story. Um it's, it's wild how much it changes your view of what Disney did to that story, you know? Um, yeah. And I don't just mean this year. I just mean in general, just how they changed it um, to be about, you know, the boy. Yeah, it's supposed to be a coming of it. They made it a coming of age for youth, but it's actually a, a moral story about moving on from loss and grief and what how you deal with that. That's what the, the story's supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, good choice. Good choice in at number four. Time for our number threes. Robert, what do you got? This is where I have everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, it was my number one for a long time until I did some reshuffling, but I still obviously love it very much. Um, I think, I don't know, I don't have much original that I haven't already said that everyone else hasn't already said, but it's great. It's emotional. It's fun. It's hilarious. Um, Rakakuni is my hero. Yeah. <laughs> Rakakuni! <laughs> Uh, all right, my number three. Uh, this is where I have the menu uh, in at number three. Absolutely love this movie. I think it's structured perfectly. I think Ray Fiennes is absolutely perfect for that role. Um, I think the thing I co- keep coming back to, aside from how sharp the humor and satire are in it, uh, are two things. Number one, I think it ends perfectly. I think the it ends the only way this movie can end. And uh, and number two, the Nicholas Holt character, I think, is the key to the movie. And yes. there is... He's so good. He's so good in it. He's so good that when you're watching it the first time, you think he's bad. Mm. And then you realize halfway through that it's actually one of the most brilliant performances you've ever seen. Um, and so I, I, I'm really impressed by that. I think it's kind of the the key to the movie so yeah the menu is i think brilliant stuff um so yeah that is my number three aaron what's your number three glass onion um i love this movie and um not as much as knives out but um a good amount and i i've seen it twice now you're right rewatches get better i'm excited to see the third time inevitably when it gets nominated for best picture so i hope so uh, i don't know that that's inevitable i don't know that that's inevitable in my mind uh yeah uh yeah so i um i love this movie i'm excited to rewatch it more i think it gets there's so many like extra reveals that happen each time as you mentioned Aaron. but i think at least from the way that people are talking like we're initially talking about it i feel like i already watched it like kind of in the second or third viewing for most people because like there's one big major hint that happens um in the scene with the murder and um i caught it immediately and i thought that was the whole point is that this movie is supposed to be obvious um and i think the point is the movie's supposed to be obvious in hindsight um Mm. so yeah i think you're i think you're right yeah i think yeah i think um i think ryan johnson intentionally made a very complex but more simple uh (laughs) smart but more dumb uh movie you mean kind of like a glass onion where it has layers, but you can th- see all the way through to the center anyway? It, it, kind of like that. Um, <laughs> no, it, man. Oh, the man's a genius. The man's a genius. I love it. Uh, good choice. Uh, Andrew, what's your number three? The Whale. Coming in at number three. Uh, the Whale uh, from Avatar, The Way of Water? Okay. Yes, that's the one. That, that is um, the one. That whale, I forget what his name was, but uh, 
Yeah, absolutely. No, no. Uh, Darren Aronofsky's the whale. I, I I love the guy. He he makes movies that he wants to make, and he is very passionate about them. They don't always work. Like a couple of like I didn't like Noah, or uh, uh, I can't remember the other movie he did. But I really really love the whale. It's very intimate and personal, and it's 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 sad. It's such a sad movie. But uh, I love the fact that it's um, it's him telling his version of Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Into our number twos, Robert. Banshees of Inisherin. This is where I have it. Um, yeah, I have seen it three times now, and it's oddly rewatchable for me, even though the ending is so dark and depressing in a lot of ways. Um, I think the first two thirds of it are so watchable and so much fun. Um, even with the darker undertones. Um, I take it a step further than the movie and kind of see the hopefulness where it's kind of hopeless. Um, and yeah, like the other guys, like you were all saying, I'm a huge Martin McDonough fan. I'm a huge fan of the McDonough brothers in general. Uh, John Michael also makes great movies. Um, but yeah, Banshee's just really, really good. And uh, I just wanted to shout out one of my last other favorite lines from it where uh, Colin Farrell says, I don't remember all those composers like Mozart and Borvoven, and it just like shows how he doesn't <laughs> know anything. It's just yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, all right. Banshees in for your number two. My number two is also the whale from Avatar Way of Water. Uh, actually, just Avatar The Way of Water uh, is my number two movie of the year. Um you know, we haven't talked about it a lot. Uh, I think part of that is because we've just recently done the review. And so you kind of know our uh, opinions on it. And uh, it got pretty intense uh, at points uh, during that review. Passionate. It, it, passionate. Passionate. Uh, polarizing movies are always really, really interesting to me. Although, honestly... <sighs> I think currently you could say this movie is pretty well accepted. I think that will turn. I think eventually the the negative voices will, um, you know, get louder and it'll be more rise. polarizing. <laughs> That's right. It's like rise up. Um, but uh, I can say this: the two times that I have seen uh, this movie in the the theater um, are two of the greatest theater experiences I've ever had. Um, I just am absolutely astonished by the way that Cameron pushes technology and uh, uses it to tell his stories. And um, beyond that, I think it's, I, I think it's better than avatar in, uh, in pretty much every way. Um, so except for being an original idea, cause it's not, it's a <laughs> sequel. Uh, all right. That's my number two. Aaron, what is your number two? Uh, so I have top gun Maverick. Um, man, just, the only thing I think I could add to this is I think uh, retroactively adding an adding an honorable mention to best movie moments for the Val Kilmer scene. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, I, yeah. This this movie is just everything how you do fan service correctly and legacy sequels correctly and all that. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it pays homage without um, bringing all the negative stuff back to that. You know, it, it does it does its beach football scene um, instead of the beach volleyball, and it does. Mm-hmm. A lot of the like, even direct line calls back, callbacks, and um, just every every single thing of this movie just just works. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, all right, Andrew, you're number two. This is where I have women talking. Uh, I gave it a ten out of ten. 
And it's crazy that there are two movies in the same year I gave a 10 out of 10 to. Uh, everything that's good about movies is in this movie. The only caveat is this is one of the, if not the heaviest movie I have seen since like Schindler's List, I think. It's just brutally uh, uncomfortable and awful that this is you know, a, a state of life that these women find themselves in. It's so, uh, but the thing I love about the movie is the fact that it can take that pain and horror and you see these women try and handle it with grace and care and respect. And it's just such a beautifully told story over something so horrible. So yeah, I, I gave it a 10 out of 10 and that means something people. Uh, all right, so women talking in at number two, and it's time for our number ones. Robert, what's your number one movie of the year? Uh, it might be predictable at this point based on my other picks, but it's After Sun. Um, this one just really sits with you for a long, long time after you see it. Um, it's an exploration of you know how we look at our parents when we're young versus when we're adults, um, how we understand things as we get older, Um how there are some things that we still are never going to understand. Um, it's just really complicated and heartbreaking, um, but well done. Uh, so heartbreaking in the best kinds of ways. Um, I've mentioned the performances a couple of times, so I should say this is Charlotte Wells' um, feature debut, and she directs the heck out of it. It's just an incredible, incredible movie. I just kind of wanted to sit there for half an hour after after I finished it. I've been trying to work up the courage to watch it again but it's it's just so so good all right after sun in at number one uh i'll kick off the rest of the number ones uh by saying my number one is everything everywhere all at once uh everything everywhere all at number once uh Mm -hmm. it is um it's a movie that works on so many levels and uh we've talked about most of them already i will say for me I think I've talked about this before, but I will say it again. For me, when it really elevated to a next level favorite of all time movie was when I realized that the silliness was the meaning. And not just in that silliness can be important, but also that all the silliness literally had meaning to the themes and purpose of the movie. Um, the Rakakuni universe is telling us something about the psychology of the Michelle Yeoh character and who has control and why she always wants to be the one sitting on top controlling, but sometimes it's better to be the one that is allowing somebody else to control the decisions. And that deals with how she's dealing with her daughter, how the hot dog fingers is actually a universe about her opening herself up to the ideas of what love is and what love can be as her daughter uh, is in a same-sex relationship. Um, every single universe that we focus on means something to her in what she's dealing with. Um, in that way, you can view the movie both as a very literal multiverse movie. It works as a very literal multiverse movie, but it also works as a ponderance and as a thematic look at um, what a mother is dealing with with her relationship with her daughter, and um, I just find I find all of that really really beautiful, and uh, I will continue to talk about this movie for a long time. But it's my favorite film of the year. Uh, Aaron, your number one. Uh, ditto, but dumber. Um. <laughs> 
well th- good for you that that works with the theme of the movie so yeah. you know go for yeah, it i just like my favorite thing like the thing that immediately stuck with me was that like every little thing pays off at some point like every little thing is intentional like the hot dog universe could have just been a throwaway because what if people have hot dog for fingers but then like mm-hmm. it unlocks i mean you're right it unlocks the like sense of learning how to love um on that side of evelyn but like it also um, like it plays an important role later like in that that stair climbing scene mm-hmm. where all of a sudden she has to use her feet and uh mm-hmm. like figure out how to do that uh, just every every little thing winds up being something later um and mm-hmm. that's just um this movie could have easily just been oh let's just throw in hot dog fingers because we can uh <laughs> yep so. um mr ormsby finish this off everything everywhere all at once you know what this movie is this movie is <clears throat> the halftime at an NBA game whenever they bring somebody out from the audience and like if you can kick this ball from half court and get a swoosh in that goal then you get like a $30,000 car or whatever and then <laughs> this movie is just the Daniels going down there and doing it effortlessly because the amount of difficulty to pull off a movie like this is almost unheard of yet they do it so it's beyond impressive that a movie that can have butt plug trophy fights with a incredibly beautiful sentiment of a husband in a different universe saying i would have loved to have just done taxes and laundry with you and then you have another universe where they're rocks mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the movie says they can do all of these things and somebody who hasn't seen the movie looking at it from the outside is like no you can't do all that stuff they do it and they do yeah. it with a level of masterful perfection that's unheard of in the most anticlimactic uh, choice of the year uh, everything everywhere all at once wins the sifty for uh, best movie of 2022 uh, Robert I assume that's okay with you you had it at number three so I would have preferred bones and all but yeah. <laughs> let me think about that for a second <laughs> no um, all right uh, let us move on to the overall movie from the sifty pop contributors this includes anybody who has guested on sif pop podcast uh this includes all of our amazing sifpop.com writers uh have had a chance to weigh in with their top five they are given points based on five points for number one one point for number five figure out the math along the way um and then how this is sorted is by point total then it is sorted by number of people who had it on their top five then if that's still the same it is by uh the highest ranking so if you know two people uh, both had it you know um in their top five and then you know was one of if there was a, a number four and one of them had a number three then the number three would win um it is also we only include on this list movies that were chosen by more than one person so it had to be selected by at least two people uh, to count on the list, and it gives us a list of 24 movies. So we've got the top 24 for uh, the Sift Pop universe that we will go down. I will tell you there were 37 voters this year uh, who took part in the voting. There, Amongst the 37 voters were 55 movies mentioned. 
55 different films were mentioned. As I mentioned, uh, 24 of those will make the official list. Wow. And here we go. <clears throat> uh, just so you know, I am writing down what I predict the number one movie will be from this list. And I'm putting it Boy, away. Man, tough prediction. Tough prediction this year, Andrew. I mean, no, honestly, I don't think it's uh, what I think. So, all right. Okay, here we go. Number 24 is Weird the Al Yankovic Story, coming in at number 24. There were a couple people that had it on their list. Uh, number 23 is Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Three people had that on their list. They all had it at number five. Number 22 is Barbarian, coming in at number 22. Um, it was uh, two people had that on their list. Uh, number 21, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, comes in at number 21. A couple people having that on their list. In at number 20, we have Triangle of Sadness, which we haven't talked about yeah. at all on this show, um, but uh, worth a mention. Glad it came out at number 20. Uh, the next uh, couple have three people uh, who have it on their list. Uh, Prey comes in at number 19. Uh, glad for a shout out to Prey. Yeah. Babylon comes in at number 18 uh, for the year. Uh, RRR comes in at number 17 on the list. Uh, four people had it on their list, um, but it was pretty low on all those lists uh, as far as top five. Uh, Tar comes in at number 16. Tar, Tar, um, Tar. A couple, only two people had Tar on their list, but they both had it at number two. Mm. So it, that pumped it up to number 16. Uh, the Woman King comes in at number 15. Another movie we haven't talked anything about. Uh, coming wow. in at number 15. And two people had it on their list. One of them had it at number one. One of them had it at number two. Oh, wow. Uh, the Northman comes in at number 14. Uh, three people had that on their list. Number 13 is Women Talking. Uh, comes in at number 13. Uh, had three voters on that. Uh, another movie we haven't talked anything about in at number 12. Um, that's Pearl. Pearl comes in mm. at number tw uh, number twelve. I think I know that. Um, and I think X received a vote as well, but isn't on the list. A really interesting Ty West doing two, mo you know, a movie and a prequel in the same year. Um, but uh, people do seem to like Pearl more than X, and I I think I uh, agree with that. Though I'm not a huge fan of either of them, I think Pearl is the better film. Uh, so that comes in at number twelve. Number 11 is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, six people with this on their list, um, and that comes in at number 11. We are on to the top 10. Here are the top 10 movies according to Sif Pop contributors. Number 10 is The Whale. Uh, four people had it on their list. Uh, number 9 is The Fablemans, uh, coming in at number 9 with uh, six voters who had that on their list. Avatar The Way of Water comes in at number 8. Um, that's five people voting for that. Uh, in at number seven is Nope. Nope comes in at number seven with 10 people putting it on their list. Um, and number six is The Batman. The Batman coming in at number six with nine people putting it on their list. Uh, Glass Onion at number five uh, coming in with 11 people having it on their list. And by the way, same amount of points as the Batman. Uh, just had more people with it on the list. Yeah. Uh, all right. On to our top four. The Menu comes in at number four. Uh, 13 people had that on the list. 
Uh, our top three were the only three movies that more than one person had at number one. So mm-hmm. these are the only three movies where multiple people had it at number one. Uh, number three is The Banshees of Inishirin, uh coming in at number three. Three people ranked at number one. Uh, it had 45 points and had 13 people that had it uh, of the 39 that ha- or the 37 that had it in their list. Number two, uh, with four first place votes, 49 points and 14 people with it on their list. Number two is Top Gun Maverick uh, comes in at number two. And in the most lopsided voting in the history, the history of the Sifties, by a long shot, 20 of the 37 people had it as their number one movie. 30 of the 37 people had it on their list. A mind-blowing 127 points, triple the second place. Everything, everywhere, all at once uh, does come in at number one uh, for the Sifties this year. I, I like. Could it win the Oscar for Best Picture? Is that going to happen, or is it just like film world that loves this movie so much? I think there's a really high probability that it'll win. It's between this and Fablemans, I think. Man, didn't even mention Fablemans in that list, though. Yeah, I know, but I just Number know nine. how, oh, I know how the, Sorry. Yeah. the Academy yeah. works. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, congratulations, everything, everywhere, all at once. You won everything, everywhere, all at once on uh, the Sifties today. Um, so there you go. Any final thoughts after hearing that list, guys? I just hope that 2023 can live up to the amazing year that 2022 was. I doubt it, uh, but we'll see. We'll have it's so much is unknown because so many of these movies we love we didn't even know about a yeah. year ago. You know what I mean? Like it's so hard to know for sure what's going to uh, to hit and hit well. Um, but yeah, I think it's been a good year in film, and uh, everything everywhere all at once seems like a worthy winner uh, in all cases. So congratulations. That's going to do it uh, for the podcast today. Thanks so much for joining us for the Sifties. Uh, Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at Studio DNA Media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out uh, today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the show. Thanks, Phil. And thank you to Robert and Aaron for hanging out for a combined four and a half hours to talk about movies. Uh, Really appreciate you guys and the the work that you do with the website and with the Writers Room Podcast. Um, If you, again, are interested in either of those things, let us know. Uh, Hit me up at Aaron at SifPop.com. Um, or you can uh, DM the uh, the Sif Pop Twitter as well, and I think Aaron will will get that. So, uh, Aaron and Robert, did you guys have any final words? Uh, anything you want to plug that I haven't mentioned? Got nothing to plug except for doubling down on SifPop.com. There you go. Uh, I regret nothing, <laughs> except that I didn't see more movies this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, you'll get around to it, and yeah. then you'll you'll let us know how you know. Um, I also like said at the start of the first episode that I was relatively unimpressed with this year, but like I, you guys are right, it's a very deep year. There just wasn't quite mm-hmm. that many like super high highs for me, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, also want to thank our Sifpop members. Yes. Support starts at three bucks a month. Thank you for being a member. You can do that at patreon.com slash Sifpop. Uh, helps keep us going. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than pretending that subjective things are objective truth. We will be back uh, next time, probably with some of the stuff we've missed over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've had three weeks in a row of doing special annual episodes, so there may be a couple movies that we'll want to catch up on, and we'll talk about uh, those with you next week. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.